Okay, so it is 5 o'clock, and I am hitting record, Lucinda. And just so that you know, before every conversation, before I go live, that I like to set a sacred intention. And so our intention is just that your beautiful energy and your beautiful words go out and are able to reach the mind, body, and spirit of all who need to hear your magic, my sister. Oh, I agree with you. All right, so we are beginning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Spiritpreneur School with Aviola Abrams, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. This is where we have weekly sacred bombshell empowerment dialogues with brilliant business leaders and entrepreneurs that you need to know. Class is in session for light workers, healers, creative geniuses, coaches, and those who are making the true magic in the world. And today, we are brilliantly blessed to have a bright shining light, as her name means, on this planet. Lucinda Cross. You don't ha- you can't get a more spiritpreneur name than that. The Cross of the Light. That is just impactful and incredible. Lucinda Cross is the founder and creator of the Activate Movement with more than 25,000 active members spanning across the country. The best-selling author of Corporate Mom Dropout, The Road to Redemption, Overcoming Life's Detours, Obstacles, and Challenges, and, of course, The Art of Activation, co-owner of the Super Mom Entrepreneur Conference and Expo, celebrity life coach, mentor, and recognized motivational speaker. Lucinda Cross was 18, a beautiful freshman in college with her entire life in front of her, and one life-altering choice change it all. We're going to be talking a bit about that today, Um, but let me just tell you that her work is about helping women like you and me live a life of fire, fun, and freedom, which has led to national appearances and features in such publications as Essence, Black Enterprise, and the Daily News, and such TV shows as ABC Money Matters, the NBC Today Show, New York One, and so much more. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, Lucinda. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Yes. <laughs> I am excited to have you here, and I'm going to just let everyone know that they can ask questions at any time if you are listening online by just putting a question in the question box, any questions that you have for Lucinda. So, Lucinda, we just heard your professional bio. Tell us who you are behind that. Who is the woman behind all of those beautiful words and that powerful story? Oh, my gosh. I am one who loves her me time. Um, With all of that that you just read, you know, I I love to be in my cubby. I love to be in my space. And um, I'm a mom of three a wife, and and so I'm just truly enjoying life and the oldest of three brothers. So, you know, I'm just kind of that mom and sister all across the board. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think that that shows in your work. I think that professionally you are a bit of, you know, a mom and a sister, you know, on a a math level. (laughs) And that me time is very, very important for the care and feeding of entrepreneurs. (laughs) That me time is everything, everything. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. So how did you, tell us how you got started, Lucinda. How did you get started in just being you and building your empire? Just really, it started for me with saying yes to myself and no to others, which was very hard for me. And it wasn't so much the fact of people-pleasing, because that can be a great thing and a great advantage of someone who's a people-pleaser, but not when you are taking away from yourself, your energy, your time, your money, and and you're depleting who you are. So the moment that I've decided to say, you know what, Lucinda, this is your time. You know, how much longer are you going to wear all of these hats without trying on your own hat? How How many times are you going to keep putting on other people's shoes and stepping in and saying yes to everyone else without even trying on your own shoes. And so when I stepped into Lucinda Cross, 
her flaws and all. Just amazing things started to happen, and one of them is just recognizing that I had this business um, gift inside of me uh, to become an entrepreneur. Now, I love what you just said about stepping into Lucinda Cross, stepping into yourself. I think that, you know, that that's the lesson that I had to learn and so many of us, you know, grow up and think that it's about being the idealized version of what everyone else thinks that you should be rather than, you know, who you need yourself, who you desire to be and who you are feeling called to be. What Mm -hmm. was for you the spark that said, you know, I need to say yes to me. When did that spark happen? When I was left, when I was looking at all of the things that I thought I was creating and following, because uh, I was following a facade, an image that I thought success looked like, the great job, the school, the family, all of that. And when I looked at my my life, one, you know, my faith, it was no longer there, two, uh my finances were no longer there. My car was repoed. I'm struggling to pay rent. I'm struggling to take care of my kids. So, you know, what rock bottom, I mean, what wisdom doesn't teach you, rock bottom will. So for me, it was hitting rock bottom and being left with myself and saying, Lucinda, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you running away from? And to be honest, Abiola, it was my past. So I was running away from my past, which was connected to my purpose which was connected to my passion, but I was trying to run away from my past and kind of make up this person that I really wasn't and live this lifestyle that wasn't truly fulfilling. It was somebody else's lifestyle. It was the lifestyle that my mother wanted me to live. Uh, it was the lifestyle that even people that I was connected with were like, oh, you, you know, you need this to, to, to be successful and you need that to look successful. So um, rock bottom. Rock bottom, baby. <laughs> Rock bottom. It'll do it for you every time. It's the best vitamin out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's a tough pill, but woo. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it says, you know, it says in your bio, the campus views, you know, when you were this 18-year-old, brilliant, beautiful, dedicated, hardworking student, the campus views and the liberating spirit she had grown accustomed to were replaced by the dull images of gray cement floors, painted yellow lines, and the removal of her freedom. Can you please tell Mm -hmm. us the story of your imprisonment? Because you had a physical imprisonment, but so many people are in mental prisons. And so your situation, I think, was is is unfortunately, you know, one that is very, very common for a lot of us. Can you share mm-hmm. your story, please, Lucinda? Absolutely. And for me, yes, it did result in going to federal prison while I was in college, a freshman in college, because uh, trying to speed up success, not willing to go through the process and chasing after the money because of a struggle mentality that I had. And so I said yes to an opportunity that I should have said no to. And, yes, I was able to travel across the world and and go to places that I probably didn't even know that even existed. But I was, you know, I was committing a crime. I was committing a crime in the process, and it caught up with me months later after I ended up, you know, withdrawing from school because I was making so much money and having the FBI knock on my door to tell me that I was a part of a case um, and, a, and a big, you know, cartel where I thought I was just, you know, making my little runs back and forth um, to these to to Thailand and Cambodia and Singapore. I'm thinking I'm just doing my little runs, but it was bigger than that. And um, I didn't realize what I was saying yes to was connected to a trail of an investigation for over three years. Um, and yeah, I was facing close to ten years, but. Um, by the grace of God and a new judge, you know, I had uh, five years and served four and a half of those. Mm. I think that, you know, that just, like, it's, it's bringing tears to my eyes. I'm thinking about, Lucinda, a few days ago I was talking to um, 
and her name will come back to me, but someone who you know, someone who I actually met at your Activate conference, and she was telling me about the power of seeing you and feeling you speak, and she said that for her, you know, she felt like that a big part of your power is that people look at you and, you know, you're beautiful, well-spoken, you know, sister, and so people have in there, we, we all have you know, boxes that we try to put people in. So people look at you, and, and if they just see you as a speaker or see her on the Today mm-hmm. Show, there's Lucinda, she's doing her thing. You know, people assume that when they see happy people, they assume it's easy for us to be happy. They assume you haven't experienced anything, you haven't been through anything. So, well, you know, that's easy for her, but not for me. So I think that by you telling your story, it lets people know, no, I am you. What mm-hmm. was the experience mm-hmm. of prison like? Like, what was that for four and a half years of your life to be there? That, I mean, that was one of the most devastating, um, pivotal moments that I could have ever experienced because, one, I was taken away from my home. I'm surrounded by a bunch of strangers. I'm told what to do, what not to do, how to do it. There's also a certain level of of abuse that goes on inside that I haven't even begun to even tap into yet. Um, but that that was a wake up call for me. And one thing that I can say is I I'm grateful that it was federal prison and not state because it's a different mentality of of women who are inside. And so it wasn't a fight for my life. It was a fight for my meant to keep my mind. You know, and so that's my one prayer was, God, keep my mind. And this whole thing, I do not want to snap um, like how I've seen other people just literally lose it because your freedom is taken away. My first experience after being extradited from New York to Chicago, where the case was from, nine months in segregation because they weren't sure if I can go up with the rest of my co-defendants who were from another country that I didn't even know existed um, and so nine months just for the judge to realize that it was safe and I didn't, you know, I wasn't in any harm and, you know, I wasn't there to harm them. So that, I think, the, that those nine months were the hardest for me than the four and a half years that I served altogether. Um, the rest of the time was served on a campus ground that looked similar to a college. And many of the things that I'm doing now, I was doing back then. So I was able to put together empowerment workshops and programs and vision board once I hit the camp to kind of keep my sanity and to keep the spirits up inside. But those nine months were the worst, and that's the time that I had to literally, you have no other choice but to look at yourself and look at, um, you know, who you truly are. And for me, that was inside a prison, but I think outside a lot of people um, are are feeling they they do the same thing as well. You know, they they do the same thing as well. They're constantly incarcerating themselves, um, placing cuffs on themselves, even as your your image showed, shackling themselves from going after what they deserve for whatever reason, um, literally putting themselves in segregation for no reason. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. While I've never been in a physical pr- prison, I can <laughs> right. I've been in, girl, I've been in mental jail in mm-hmm. several different points of life, you know, several mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. points where we are the ones who are the holders of the key, you know, and mm-hmm. so I think that it's really important when we talk, have these conversations to talk about, for example, like women of color, black women, and mental health, you know, and the ways that we imprison ourselves even if the shackles, the physical shackles might not be there. And so what would you recommend, Lucinda, for somebody who is in an ordeal? It could be prison. It could be some other kind of a prison. But who's literally in the trenches right now of an ordeal and is like, how do I make it from one day to the next? At that, at, a, a lot has to do with truly surrendering and, and detaching. I had to detach myself from the outcome. I had to detach myself from my feelings even after I came home. There's still some situations that I had to go through, being a single mom and and, and other situ- leaving my job and but det- finding a, a way to detach yourself from what's happening, meaning that your your emotions are not so involved. Your emotions, for me personally, is what 
make you just feel like you're spinning around in a hamster wheel and running around in circles trying to figure out how to make things work, trying to figure out how to make things happen, when all you need to do is just be in that moment and kind of release the attachment of the energy and even the attachment of the emotions that you feel. Don't worry about what the outcome is going to be like. So whoever's going through any situation, whoever's feeling um, bound, whoever's feeling as if, you know, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do or I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm locked in this, in this prison or I'm not able to do certain things, that's when you detach yourself. You know, I remember Ayanna Van Zott said it, you know, so she said it so beautifully. She said when you feel as if you're right there at the edge in life ready to jump in, in life, you know, you're just like, oh, I can't take this, you know, this is driving me crazy and you're going around and you don't have any answers, that's the moment for your breakthrough. That's the moment that you're supposed to pull back and say, whew, wait a minute, I was just going on a tangent. And so a lot of times that detachment and that surrender and saying, putting your hands up, waving your white flag, and saying, you know what, I don't have the answers right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how this is going to even manifest or happen or how the situation is even going to change. I'm just going to be in the moment and trust that all is going to be well. And that's that. Yes. And for me, that was the best thing that I could have done. Yes, I think that that's such great advice, that there's so much power in vulnerability, so much power in that surrender, that moment of just, you know, letting go, you know, letting go of the wheel and just, just knowing and just trusting that all is well. And also I think that you have another great superpower there on top of vulnerability and on top of surrender is the power of being vulnerable enough to tell your story and say, this is what happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. as Yes, for you as a person, for you as, you know, an entrepreneur just in life. Did you ever receive any kind of kickback or pushback from you uh, telling this story and sharing what happened? When I first, because I was building my business and I was doing very well building my business, and then when I decided to start sharing my story, because I was running all over the place talking about being authentic, being authentic. But here I was now willing to be authentic about a story that can change so many lives. I wanted to select my story, and that that's not <laughs> that's not the way to go about authenticity. It's it's, it's feeding, <laughs> you know, selecting your 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 truth. That that's no, just just be truth. And so I was very selective on that, uh, my authenticity and. Once I decided to come out and start sharing it, I had to go through the motions of, number one, I never wanted to share from a place of pity, always from a place of power, to say, hey, this is why I don't make excuses and this is why you shouldn't make excuses because there's so much more to life. Um, And so when I did begin to share and I put it in a book and I started to speak, I I lost some clients. I lost some high-paying clients because they did not understand, and they felt as if my, my, I was my background. They felt as if, well, how can we trust her with our major accounts? Although my, um, my situation had absolutely nothing to do with money or laundering or stealing or theft in any kind, but they just didn't feel comfortable and safe because now I'm sharing the story, and I didn't tell them first. They had to find out from a book or an excerpt or an interview. So I did get pushback. But on the flip side of that, now I really stepped into my purpose. I really stepped into yes. my sweet spot because now I'm fulfilling and feeling a, a, a high level of fulfillment every single day because I have exposed it. And now people are not looking at me like, oh, here's she's just, you know, she's just this um, – well-spoken person in, in great heels and loves to wear dresses on the stage. No, she is passionate about us and she cares about us. So I see now that people react to me differently because they understand that I truly care and I do have a story and I push them to share it. Yes, yes. I think that that is so important and so powerful. And, you know, for those clients, that's, that's they're, they're lost. That was their choice. You know, they're lost. 
So, and for your family and your friends, when everything originally went down, when it all originally happened, what was the reaction of the people around you? Were they supportive? My my immediate family was. They were my immediate family, my mother, my brothers. They were young at the time, my father. They were supportive. They were just kind of confused. My mother was confused because I told her one thing. I told her I was modeling. I told her I was following my dream as a model, and she didn't know that the modeling school declined me. And so now I'm living out this fake facade of my uh, dream <laughs> doing the wrong mm-hmm. thing with the right tools for the wrong reasons. Um, and so she Say that she again. Very, Say that again. Doing the wrong thing with the right tools for the wrong reasons. Yes. So I had the right tools. I was very, I was courageous. I was bold. I was, um, I was a go getter. I was a think on your feet, but I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> and it's wrong, you know. So, um, and and we have that right as entrepreneurs. We have the right tools, and we may be using them for the wrong reasons, the wrong people, the wrong situation. Um, but they, they were supportive. They were. They were supportive. Um, and even when I when I came home to kind of help me um, get back into society and find my place, they were very supportive. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. And I want to just, you know, that you were able to have that family support, although you made a mistake, because we are going to fall. And I want us to think about this with our loved ones around us, you know, that, that people are going to fall. And so just I, I say, you know, extend your heart the way that you would want it to be extended for you. And that's, you know, there's a difference between people who are spiritual vampires and people who maybe, okay, made a bad choice. And you know this is a good person with a bad choice and being there for them. I mean, they and they I were know. giving me the side eye. They they were looking to see <laughs> is she going to mess up again? Is she okay. what is she going to do next? So <laughs> I was getting a lot of side eye. <laughs> So there was a little bit of side eye. There was a little bit of side eye. So how do you bring that into your parenting then? You know, I'm not a mom yet. You know, I hope to be um, in the future. But so how do you bring – I would love to know, you know, because of of mistakes I've made and things like that, how do you – Say to your your kid, you know, because we all that that sentence, do as I say, not as I do. We don't want to say that. So how do you bring that into your parenting? Well, they they didn't find out to you know they found out thanks to Essence magazine, <laughs> but they had no, they had no clue, and not even with S. I mean, with even with Essence, because they really didn't read. They were just like, "Whoa, mommy's in a magazine," but when it was on the Today Show, they were like, "Oh." Okay, um, mommy, <laughs> but for, for them, because even when I would speak and share my story, they it would it would always happen that one of them would have to go to the bathroom. They weren't ever in the room, and I would look to see their reaction. But um, <laughs> they, you know, I tell them, be, and and now they listen. They listen because I tell them, I, this is where I don't want you to go. I know what this is like, you know, and so I need you to push yourself harder. I need you to follow the process whether you like it or not because I've been to the other side. I know what poverty is. I know what struggling is. I know what prison is about, and I know what being around people. You think you have bullies in school? You ain't seen nothing yet, you know. So I tell them, you are so not built. You are so not built for the other side. And I can tell you just from experience. And so they listen to that, and you know, so uh, it's 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 a it's a concern of mine because I'm like, oh gosh, I, I want them to grow up, go through college, and get and get a job. I I just want them to pass that hurdle of 18 years old. And so I'll be celebrating big every time they turn 18, and they're and they're off. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're gonna be fine. You are an amazing mom. And you know, they, yeah, they're they're gonna be fine. Their future is ordained and bright. I see it with my Guyanese voodoo. It's all Yay. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your daily self care 
regimens that you have now? You mentioned me time in the beginning. What do you do on a daily basis with all of this, you know, craziness of, you know, beautiful craziness of, you know, having a successful business, having a marriage, having children, you know, and being able to to maintain yourself at the same time? So my daily regimen is to, one, I take naps. Seriously, I take naps. I think, you know, I I have to have, like, my power hour throughout the day when no one's around. And so I work from home, so that makes it, you know, I work from home or I go to an an office space not too far from here. But um, for me, taking and relaxing, even if it's not a nap, throughout the day I've had just a moment of doing absolutely nothing, of just nothing. Maybe I'm... And and that may mean that I'll, I'll sit there and do some crafts or that has nothing to do with business. Um, I'll do, and when I say doing absolute, it has nothing to do with really making my brain move. So I may um, start trying to bake something or I may, you know, look through my shoe closet or something like that or just even just sit on the couch and relax and look out the window. Um, but I have my time of nothingness, just relaxing and um, because everything moves fast. I get up, bring the kids to school, come back, you know, put my husband to train so he can get to work, start to prepare, you know, start starting dinner, seeing if I have interviews, coaching clients, you know, whatever. And so it's ongoing. It's an ongoing thing. So I must take my time to say I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I don't, I turn off my phone. I don't have the computer on and I just chill out. It may be music, whatever. I feel like wiping my walls, fine. If I feel like fluffing my pillows, fine. If I feel like taking a nap, great. Yes, I think that that's so important. I'm glad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was was just going to say I give myself permission to do these things because I know what being burnt out feels like, and um, it's, it's so not healthy. It's so not healthy. That burnout is real. Burnout is. is real, and so many illnesses can come from stress, you know, and we see so many sisters who are very successful but angry and don't mm-hmm. feel happy in their journey or happy in their skin. And so I think that, you know, giving yourself permission to be able to just take a nap or sit down or just do nothing is so, mm-hmm. so, so important. <clears throat> so important. Absolutely. Did you always know that, or, or was that something that you had to learn um, as you went along? It's something that I had to learn. When I started to find myself um, not being myself and coming out of character for the smallest things, I said, wait a minute, what is the problem? And then having a, a high level of fatigue, I knew that was a sign of stress. I wasn't wasn't eating right. I wasn't sleeping right. I thought, you know, I'm team no sleep, but that wasn't healthy. There's a, there is a time where I'll have a binge of creativity and I'm just going but when I started to see myself in a furniture store ready to flip tables because the guy said that my lamp didn't come in yet, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I really having a tantrum because of a lamp set that did not come in? All right, Lucinda, you need to get it together. You know, ready to just react off of the smallest things um, down to road rage for no reason and they can't even hear me and I'm like, What are you doing? Ah you know, just <laughs> finding myself finding myself and I'm genu- genuinely a I'm a happy person or not not every day is like lollipops and gumdrops and Mickey Mouse, but genuinely every day I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. So when I started to not feel good and be, and find myself being angry and quick to to snap back for the smallest things, that's when I knew, you know, uh, you're exhausted, you're overworked, um, you're, you're, you're chasing after way too many things, and you're multitasking way too much and very unproductive, very unproductive. Mm. And so um, when I started to give myself permission to do what, whether it is going to, I love the library, so I'll go there to the library and just chill out or sit on Barnes and Nobles and just read some magazines and, and have my um ma- macchiato. You know, th- those things just bring me peace and I have to do that to get centered as a woman. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. I think that it's so important. I even had a moment right before I came on to our interview because today is my uh, interview day. So I had like five interviews this morning back to back to back where people were interviewing me and then in getting ready, I'm like, wait, why do I feel disjointed? And I'm like, I haven't eaten real food today. So being like, okay, I've got to take a moment and just love up on myself with some real food, you know, mm-hmm. like just taking those moments really care for ourselves, I think is really, really important, especially for you as a mom, you know, and a wife and a business Mm -hmm. owner as well. And so, Lucinda, what do you do on days where you feel a little bit down or you feel a little bit, um, you know, a little bit sad about something or, you know, overwhelmed? Is it the same practices of, you know, getting quiet and giving yourself that permission? Yeah, you from I'm a, I love music, so I'll turn on music in a hot second to to kind of flip my energy and uh and I'll yeah. also do something that I love, you know, whether it's going to so it's always um doing something that I like to do. So if I'm feeling down, I'll turn to my hobbies. If I'm feeling down, I'll go to my favorite boutique and and just look at some dresses and try some things on. So I go back to um that space and sometimes it's just, you know what, Lucinda, just sit here and get yourself together um, because there are some things where I'm like, oh, you know, yesterday I had a big coaching call with my class and my back for some reason just excruciating pain on my back and I said I can't even get on the call and even fake it because this pain is, is killing me. Let me just rest. Let me just sit down and rest and, and just relax. And when I did that, I started to feel comfortable instead of feeling like, because all of the pressure, of course, and will go straight to that pain, that pain point. And so, um, yeah, I, I go do some fun things. I do some fun things when I'm not feeling good, and I definitely do some prayer. You know, I definitely, God, please <laughs> help me, help me, yes. you know, <laughs> help me, please, yeah. Yes, prayer works. Or calling somebody up. I have I have one good friend that I know that if I call her at any time, we'll be laughing in less than thirty seconds. And so I'll always, hey girl, what's going on? And I'll just listen to her just go off. And I'm like, you know, I'm so glad I talked to you um, and called you because you know, so having that outlet of someone that you can call um, and connect with to kind of lift your spirits up that that's what helps me a lot. Yes, the vibration raising stuff. The mm-hmm. vibration raising stuff is yeah, it's everything. It's everything. Well, dealing with critics, Lucinda, and naysayers and rejection, that's also, you know, a part of it as well, especially for us spiritpreneurs who, you know, mm-hmm. some of us like me, hand raised, tend to be highly sensitive. You mm-hmm. know, and so how have you ever had any challenges in dealing with rejection or negative energy or criticism? And if so, how do you deal with when, you know, you have your big, bright, beautiful ideas and someone rejects it or criticizes it or um, you know, hates on it. And the reason I'm asking, sis, is that that's what stops a lot of people in their tracks, is that fear of rejection, that fear of who does she think she is, that fear of, oh, they're not going to like me, you know? So so mm-hmm. I think that it's really, really helpful to, to share that. You know, for me, the fear of rejection was one of my greatest, greatest challenges in business because I would not even ask because I didn't want to be rejected, criticized, or I didn't want anybody to have anything to say. I didn't even want people to tweak what I did. That's how serious it was. It was like, what? I missed a comma. Oh, my gosh. Well, who do you – oh, this is why I'm not sending. And I would get way bent out of shape because I'm like – they're like, you know, there's a, a a grammar, grammatical error in your book. And I'm like, what? What, what happened? Where? And like, you missed a comma and a space. And so that would just tick me off. So either I would feel like just taking all the books off the shelf and burning them, <laughs> or just, you know, I'm like, why did they even tell me this? Because now this is bothering me, and I would lose sleep because of criticism and rejection. Um, and um, once I missed out on a major, major deal that could have been a business life changer for me early on in my entrepreneurial stages, that taught me a lesson to get over rejection because the rejection caused me to procrastinate 
and because of procrastinating, it caused me not to send a proposal that I was qualified for and miss out on a six-figure deal that would have changed my business when I was just making hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. at the time. And so mm-hmm. once that happened, back to wisdom, or wisdom doesn't teach you, rock bottom will, once that happened, yes. I said, you know what, I don't care because I was a huge perfectionist and and I, and I and I did not like criticism. Once that happened, I said, you know what, I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Just put it out there. Just do it the way it is. And I did that. My next book, I told them, I said, hey, you may see some grammar errors. If, you know, I sent it to six people to proofread. If you find something great, you know, I would love to have your free support and help. <laughs> but if you can continue to read on without feeling as if this is putting a damper on the content of this book, um, continue reading. But I just freed myself from it and understanding. I forgot where I heard this quote, some will, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting. And that yes. also showed me, Lucinda, just get over yourself. It's okay. A lot of things I took personal, and it wasn't personal. People are not going to understand my vision and my dream. And for those who feel like that, you will get rejected. You will get the no's. So get over that now. You're going to get rejected. People are not going to like what you put out there. They're always going to have a way that you should tweak it or do it better according to their eyes. But this is your vision. You think somebody's going to God and saying, hey, I don't think you should have put the eyes at the top of the head, maybe you should have put the eyes at the bottom. You know, so we have to understand we're created and we're created who we are, and so is the vision that you have been given and gifted with. It's something that you was born with, and so whatever you create is a masterpiece. And I even tell that to my kids. You know, whatever they create, whether you know how to draw or not, whose decision is it? Who? Who decides what a failure is? Who decides what Lucinda's failure looks like? Who decides what Abiola's failure looks like or not done right? Who's the judge of that? Nobody can really judge that but us, especially when it's something that is that that is from us, if if that's making any yes. sense. You know, so who's to Oh my god. To go... <laughs> yes. <laughs> it makes all the sense. In the world, because, girl, like, I have totally been there. Let me tell you, when my first book came out, there, it's named Dare, it's a novel, I was chosen as an official um, selection for the Black Expressions book club, like this online book club thing. And so rather than getting excited about that and all the people that liked the book, one person left a, a nasty comment. I tracked her down. (laughs) I tracked this woman down. This is like in MySpace, like after MySpace days. And so it was a little bit harder to find people online. I was like searching Mm -hmm. for her name, trying to find, Mm -hmm. you know, back searching her email address, located her, and was like, Mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you don't like about the book? Why don't you like, who cares? This is one woman. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. there's no way Mm -hmm. if everybody likes what you're doing, you're doing something wrong, you know? If everyone is in favor of what you're doing, you're doing something wrong. Absolutely, and it is something hard to get over. It's not. It's not easy. No, because you do honestly, you do want everybody that comes in contact with your great work that you took the time to put together to feel the same way that you feel about it. But that's just not reality. But in our reality, we do. In my reality, I want everybody to like it. And I'm saying, man, yes. you know, even even every year with my conference, I get sick. I get sick right after. Up, probably this was the first one that I said I'm not getting sick afterwards because it'll always be a comment or something didn't go right. Just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so once I decided to say, you know, you there was a few event planners who had some things to say about the event, and I said, you know what, all I can do is since you're an event planner and you are coming to attend, why watch your sister who you're here to support? You say you're here to support. Yes. Why comment to the next sister about what you see going wrong instead of going to check it because you see I'm over here trying to manage that? Why not saying, you know what, let me let me use my gift and say, hey, what's going on? Are you guys bringing in some more noodles? What's going on with right. the uh, refill of the beverages? Instead of sitting back and saying, hmm, they they need to keep this food flowing and keep the beverages filled to the top. 
go over there and do what you do best and use your expertise. It'll be such a better experience for us all if instead of, you know, judging someone, maybe going out there and using your gift to make even them better, which makes you better. Because now maybe I may say, you know, I'm going to hire you next time because you pay attention to every single detail to the point that you're so anal. But, you know, so just going back, I would get sick every year because it will be one or two or maybe even five comments of what they didn't like. And I say, you know what, I'm, I release myself from that because not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's there to read your book because they want to read it and become better. Some people are just reading it to criticize you and to see, well, who is she and who does she think she is. But that's all right. And so when we release ourselves, some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. And, the, and those people who who need what we have are out there. But it does hurt. It really does. It, it does, does hurt when you're it like, really you're like, it, it does. and you're trying to convince them to to like yeah. or trying to, to convince that. them. You're like, wait a minute. What what do you mean you? Did you like the lights and the, did you like the cameras and did, did you like all of the, the ambiance? Did you like all of that at least? Yeah, but the noodles were cold. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could turn back time. I would heat up the noodles myself. And then, you know, now you fall out of place to do more things to please people instead of giving them an experience. Now you see Lucinda running around in slippers, heating up noodles instead of worrying about the content delivery from the stage. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you ever notice that, you know, and this is for all of you out there as spiritpreneurs, as creators, as light workers, that very often the people who are the critics are very different people than you as the creators, you as the light workers, you as the one that is taking the risk to step out of your comfort zone and put your voice out there, you know, and just realizing that, you know, like I like to say now that I get it, I'm not for everybody. <laughs> and that's okay. Lucinda is not for everybody, and that's okay. She will magnetize to her, the tribe that is meant for her, and they will come in and enjoy and revel in her majesty. And those that won't, like she said, so what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what? They mm-hmm. will go find, you know, what works for them. Yep. Well, so Lucinda, you mentioned Activate, which was brilliant and amazing. <laughs> if you, listen, you have not been to an Activate conference. Get there. Get there. Get there. <laughs> people who may be unfamiliar, what is the Activate Movement and what is the Activate Conference? So the Activate Movement is really um, about helping to shine light on the best-kept secrets. And I believe that I'm a leader of leaders and a teacher of teachers, so everybody who attends or are part of the movement, I feel as if they are the best-kept secrets and they're not exposed as much as they should be. And it could be because of perfectionism, procrastination, or either self-sabotage for whatever reason. And so those are the three things that we knock out so that they can begin to shine and become an activator in whatever it is that they decide to do. Become a better mom, become a better wife, become a better business owner, become a better sister, a better author, whatever it is. It's all about becoming better in who you are called to be. And so with the Activate Conference, it's where – after communicating and connecting throughout the year, you know, for the first eight months of the year and even ongoing, let's gather together and connect and celebrate how we've activated last year and the year prior to that and how we're growing and how we're approaching different opportunities and how we're hearing from different speakers. So even as I begin to elevate in my brand and in my intellectual capital, I begin to elevate the conference because it's all about bringing, bringing and raising the awareness and raising the level of of just a, a well-rounded entrepreneur. Or it's not even a business conference. It's just a conference for those who are doing what they're called to do, and they are doing it to the best of their ability, and they want to do it even better for more people. And um, it's a fun. Yeah. It's a. It's it's really a fun. Um, unconference, if I could say. It's really a fun unconference that happens every year, wherever we're at, September 20th, every year, is, is the Activate birthday. 
Yes, yes. And it, 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 I'm so glad that I went. I flew out on my mom's birthday, and I made, her birthday is September 18th, and I usually make it a point never, ever to miss her birthday. But she understood, um, you know, when I – She said it was your like, birthday. Oh, no, you oh, missed someone's birthday. Mom's birthday. My mommy, my birthday is July oh. 29th. My mom's birthday is September 18th. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but we celebrated her birthday before, and I celebrated it afterward. And I was just – it was just – wonderful to be in the energy of so many incredible women and men, you know, forward-focused and doing their thing. And, Lucinda, I know that your your personal story has inspired other conferences as well and other programs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So what we're doing now is we're doing Activate Men um, this year for the first time ever when men can truly sit down and, and get the support that they need and answers that they need from each other. No women allowed. Um, we're only allowed to volunteer, and we have to not kind of comment and heckle inside. Um, <laughs> but we, we also have all kinds of wonderful programs, mastermind groups, memberships, where we just encourage people to just not only embrace their creative side, but to really showcase it and not just be the uh, best kept secret, but to to share uh, their gifts with the world. So everything is is on my site. What we have going on, and our vision board parties are, are big. So we're kicking off our tour again, um, starting here in New York in next. Oh, excuse me, this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, and we'll be we'll be traveling around, going to Texas and Chicago and. Um, California, and so I'm excited about what's to come, especially for 2016. I am very excited about what's to come as well. And so as we wrap up, would you please tell people very specifically where to be able to, to find you and if, they, if they're interested in coming this Saturday and they're, they're in New York, but also just with everything that you have going on? The best place to find me is on my website, LucindaCross.com, and just sign up to my e-list. It's for free, and my list, you'll get access to, you know, where I'll be. You'll also get um, activation information on a weekly basis. And so LucindaCross.com is the best place um, to connect with me. As You know what, and I do love to play on Instagram. So LucindaCross on Instagram as well. That is, I, I love me some Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, beautiful. This has been such an empowered and activating conversation. Is there anything that you want to share in closing for, you know, our spiritpreneurs who are wanting to answer their calling and build their vision? You know, just to love, love, get back to your first love, which is loving yourself. Get back to your first love, loving yourself, loving who you are, loving that person, that young boy, that young girl who just learned how to tie his or her shoe, um, and you felt so proud of yourself for doing that simple thing. Get back to loving yourself and keeping things extremely simple, um, at least for this, this, at least for 12. These next 12 months, keep it very simple and watch how much you're able to accomplish and watch how many things you're able to overcome. And just watch how you're able to just stand on top and really shine bright um, just by keeping things simple, focused, and getting back to your first love, which is you. Yes, yes. Keep it simple, keep it focused, and get back to your first love, which is you. Well, thank you, my sister. Thank you. And I hope to, uh, to, to spend more time basking in the company of uh, some Lucinda energy in 2016. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we will, for sure. <laughs> and thank you for sharing your light with the world, Lucinda. Thank you for you being you and telling your story and giving each of us permission to be ourselves. 
And for you who are listening, you know, I encourage you to not just listen to Lucinda's story and go, wow, that was great, or, whoa, she's been through it, or, you know, wow, you know, that's great that she was able to do that. But think about how you can activate in your own life. Think about the power of you being vulnerable and courageous enough to tell your own story. What you do when you tell your own story, as Lucinda has done, is that you create your own lane. There is no competition where you are being you. And so just I urge you, as Lucinda is doing, to have the courage to do that. You can subscribe to Spiritpreneur School on iTunes. Find us at sacredbombshell.com and spiritpreneur.net and continue to be your own magical self. All right, so I will see you guys next time. Namaste, the sacred bombshell in me sees, adores, and accepts the sacred bombshell in you. The conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference. Please enter the conference ID, followed by the pound key. Thank you. Guest ID accepted.